0: Financial grown-up guide: Six things you need to know about HSAs. Those are health savings accounts, and why they may be the best thing for retirement for every generation. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. We say being a grown-up is hard, but it is a lot harder if you get to retirement without the cash. But there are big things happening, including the emergence of a tool that on the surface looks like it is just a way to pay for healthcare costs without paying tax. But what is becoming clear especially to people in the retirement advice business is that health savings accounts known as HSAs are also a really exciting tool for retirement and not just for those facing the big R right now, the boomers and Gen X right behind them, but also for younger generations like Gen Z and millennials who are starting jobs or just having health insurance in high deductible health plans that allow them to fund those HSAs. So to break it all down for us, I am so excited to bring on Danielle Kunkel-Roberts. She is the co-founder of Boomer Benefits and just wrapped up a stint as one of our featured guest co-hosts on my other podcast, Money with Friends. She is the go-to person for all things retirements and HSAs, and listening to her will take you far. Here we go. Danielle, I am so glad to talk to you here on the Financial Up Podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I'm
1: thrilled to be here.
0: I got to know you because you were one of our featured thought leader experts on season one of Money with Friends, which wrapped up recently. You're such a trooper. I loved having you on that show. Your episodes were always so spot on. And this episode, you brought something really cool to talk to us about for all generations. But you, let's just first mention where you were from. You're with Boomer Benefits.
1: Yes. So we are a licensed insurance agency that helps baby boomers navigate their entry into Medicare.
0: Yes, but there is a lot going on around what you do that is relevant to all generations and specifically we're going to talk about health savings accounts because this was not originally thought of as a retirement vehicle but you because you focus on this really have come to understand the amazing things that health savings account offer not just for boomers but for all generations. So you brought us six different ways, six different things, I should say, that we need to know about health savings accounts, aka HSAs, and why they may be the best thing for retirement for every generation. Before we start with your list of six that you brought, can you just explain what are these? Because these, I feel like they've only become mainstream super recently, but they're not that new.
1: Yeah, they're really not. In fact, I was lucky enough to work for an employer back in the 90s when HSAs were brand new And he implemented these at that employer and offered it to all of us. And this was when you couldn't even go down to Chase and open up an HSA account because they would say, what's an HSA? And you had to do it through your employer with these special online accounts. So they've been around for a while, but they've really gained in popularity in the last few years. And I think it's because a lot of your Generation X people are starting to see what a great savings vehicle it is for the future costs for healthcare that they're going to have down the road and even into retirement. So that's what's made them such a popular thing these days.
0: And also a lot of Gen Z entering the workforce. And millennials are so savvy, having, they're having, well, they're so savvy, first of all, because they have to be. And also they have a lot of the high deductible healthcare plans. plans. Yes. And therefore they are eligible when sometimes they're old, the older generations aren't eligible for HSAs. Explain just briefly how HSAs work. I mean, who's qualified? What, what's the basic concept?
1: Sure. So the concept is that you purchase a health plan with a high deductible, and because the deductible is high, you're getting a lower premium on that insurance. So employers love them because it saves money on what they're spending for the employee health insurance. You can also find these on the healthcare exchange. Then you pair that with a health savings account, which you can contribute into money that you're saving up for medical expenses, get to do that tax-free, and we'll go through those couple of items. But the pairing of those two makes it possible for you to have a deductible without worrying too much about that because you're putting money this money in an account and it'll be there for you on the odd year where you have to meet the deductible or you have more medical spending than usual it won't be so scary to have that high deductible if you're pairing it with that HSA account and making regular contributions to grow that medical nest egg money
0: exactly so you may not have to spend the money you may get to just keep it but it's important when you have a high deductible plan to have a plan in place To pay Because you basically have to pay a lot of your medical costs out of pocket. If you don't get really sick, for most young people that have these high deductible plans, they're paying out of pocket. And that's a really big shock to the system if you're on a lower salary and that kind of thing and you're just starting out and you've got this high deductible plan. So that's why it's so important to really understand the beauty of these. HSAs because there's so much more to them than what we just talked about. Because on the surface, it just sounds like, well, this is a way to have money set aside to pay for out-of-pocket medical expenses because your insurance is just not going to kick in for a very long time. Yes. Okay. So we have six things you need to know about HSAs and why they may be the best thing for retirement for every generation. All right. Number one has to do with when the money goes in.
1: That's right. So money that you contribute into the account is tax-free, meaning that at the end of the year, when you're filing your 1040, it's a top-of-the-line write-off. So if you contribute the maximum for an individual, which this year is 3500 at the end of the year, you'll deduct 3500 from your total income, and you'll never pay tax on that money that you contributed into your HSA.
0: So tax-free in, tax-free out, right? That's correct. All right. The next one, number two, is about growth. Because now the money is invested in something, right?
1: Yeah. So a lot of times when people start saving their account, they'll just have it in a regular cash account. But over time, as that money grows... One of the neat features of the HSA is that you can invest some of that. So I recommend leaving some in liquid cash so that if tomorrow you have an emergency, you need to pay an urgent care bill, you can swipe your HSA card and you've got cash in your account. But you don't want to let too many thousands pile up in there without investing it because, of course, that money may be sitting there for a long time and you can get a better return. It's going to grow and compound tax-free.
0: So just for people that are Wondering how that actually plays out. Does that mean that you could put some in, let's say, a savings account that's gonna have really no real return right now, but then you can put some in a mutual fund or an ETF? Yeah,
1: you absolutely can, just like you would inside of an IRA. So you can do the same thing with your HSA.
0: All right. Number three has to do with qualified medical withdrawals. How does that work?
1: Yeah. So the the key to the HSA account is when you're taking the money out prior to age 65, it needs to be withdrawn for qualified medical expenses. And these are going to be things like deductibles and coinsurance and uh, co-pays, co-pays that you might spend on prescriptions. And when you're pulling that money out and you spend it on something medical, it comes out tax-free. Now, you do need to keep your receipts in case you're ever audited. You need to be able to show the IRS that you did spend that on something medical-related. But all of the things that you might incur on your high-deductible health plan are things that you can use that HSA money for.
0: That's so cool. Number four has to do with seeing and hearing.
1: Yes. So not all employers offer dental vision and hearing insurance, but money that you put into your HSA account can be pulled out for those expenses. So if you don't have the option to get coverage for those things, or if you choose not to get insurance for those things, you could use cash money out of your HSA to go to the dentist, have your teeth cleanings done. And this becomes much more important as you get older, because when you get to 65 and enter the realm of people that I work with, Medicare doesn't cover those things. So it's great if you could save up some money in your HSA ahead of time so that later when you may not have access to dental vision and hearing insurance that is as good as maybe what you used to have with your employer, you will still be able to have cash money that you can use to spend on those things because those expenses certainly don't go away in retirement.
0: And that's something people don't really think about as separate until it is. Yes, so true. All right, number five is after age 65, which I know sounds very far off for a lot of our listeners, but let me tell you, every year you get a little closer to 65. As a Gen Xer here, I can tell you it's coming up at yeah. some point, not that <laughs> far in the distance. Um, and then things change. You get even more options as you get older, and it's sort of morphing into retirement, not just health insurance, Right.
1: Yeah, and this is really the coolest feature of the HSA is that later when you turn 65, if you go to withdraw money out for something non-medical, you would expect a penalty, but there isn't one. You'll just pay ordinary tax on that money. So this feature is built in in case you are a rock star on contributing into your HSA every year throughout your younger years, and you get to retirement and you've got $100,000 in that account and you think you may not spend that on medical or it'll take you a long time to do so. You could pull that money out for something else. And as the law is written right now, if they don't make any changes. You can take that money out for non-medical expenses and all you would be paying is your ordinary income tax. And theoretically, for a lot of people at that point, you're in a lower income tax bracket. So that tax is going to maybe be less than what it would be if you would paid that tax on that money going in.
0: Okay, but let me ask you a question. The money that you originally put in, that is never taxed. Mm -hmm. The money that is taxed is the growth. So if you invested it, it's really like the capital gains, that money. And is that as of now capital gains tax you would pay or is it income tax that you would pay on that money?
1: Yeah, it's actually an income tax as far as I know because now you had the opportunity to put that money in for medical things, but now you're using it for something that isn't medical. So I'm pretty sure it's an
0: income tax. Okay, and number six, that it becomes a nest egg, right?
1: Absolutely. Many people may not know that they need a nest egg for healthcare costs and retirement. It's especially easy to overlook that when we're younger and healthy. But as we get older, sometimes health conditions occur. There have been many studies about the cost of healthcare and retirement. That money can be your medical nest egg because you can use that money to pay for your Medicare premiums. You can use it for Medicare deductibles, co-pays, and co-insurance, just like you did when you were younger. And also, that money can be used for long-term care expenses, which is something that Medicare doesn't cover, and everyone it should know about long-term care expenses. I love talking to younger audiences about this because so many people are unaware of just how expensive that is or unaware that Medicare doesn't cover it. So if you have a lot of money in that HSA account and you may not need it for medical, it might be a good idea to leave it in there for the possible opportunity that you would need to use it for long-term care expenses when the time comes that you're having trouble living independently.
0: Yeah. Can you just explain what that means? I mean, that's going into a nursing home or having somebody, an in-home health aide. Can you go into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, that's right. So a lot of times people think of it as a nursing home, but it might even be things like assisted living. So you still get around okay, but you just can't live totally on your own or maybe you are able to live on your own independently, but some things are hard for you to manage. So there becomes a point where you have a home health aid that comes in to help you on a part-time or full-time basis. Long-term care insurance pays for those things. If you don't have insurance, you've got to pay cash for those things, and they're very, very expensive. I think the average nursing home stay is something like $8,000 a month at this time. And so if you were going to Need that kind of money, you could see why having a nest egg of money that you could use that you never paid tax on for those purposes would be terrific.
0: And can you just explain? I always thought, or a lot of I I have some sense of it. I know a lot of people think I know a, a little bit about it, but Medicare, I always thought that it's kind of, I know you have some premiums, but I thought Medicare was like basically, you know, somewhat free insurance for people over 65 that you're sort of set when you get on Medicare. Is that a misperception that a lot of people have? I mean, how expensive is Medicare? that you need all this money.
1: It's such a big misconception. I would say probably 40% of the people that we help here coming into Medicare have no idea, have always thought it was free. And that's because we see Medicare taxes being coming out of our paycheck during our working lives, pay our FICA taxes. We know that that money is going for our future Social Security and Medicare benefits. We also think of Medicare as a national health insurance program, which it is, But it's not free like you might have in Canada or Britain. It's something that you are going to have to pay premiums for. So those taxes you contribute pay for Part A, which is your hospital benefits. But there are premiums associated with Medicare. Today in 2019, you pay $135 a month for your Medicare Part B, which is your outpatient coverage. But you'll pay a lot more than that if you've had a higher income, if your income is above a certain level. So it's one of those things where you might put together a medical package in retirement, and you could spend anywhere between $135 a month and $300 a month once you set up your supplemental coverage to pay for the gaps in Medicare, the things that Medicare doesn't cover. So it's definitely not free. And the sooner that everyone knows that and begins saving toward that aim, the better.
0: And are there also copays in Medicare? Where, Or is it once you pay those premiums, you're covered?
1: Yeah. So you're going to pay approximately 20% out-of-pocket, and that's even for things like outpatient surgeries, chemotherapy, radiation, dialysis, very expensive things. You'll pay a 20% coinsurance, and then some things you have a copay. So, for example, if you had a hospital stay that went longer than 60 days, you would begin to incur a $361 daily copay, that grows with time, and then
0: Whoa. is
1: super expensive. So just imagine being on a fixed income. You have a long hospital stay for an illness, and now you're spending three hundred plus dollars a day, and that gets bigger over time. The longer you're in the hospital, so those copays on Medicare and that twenty percent can really get you. You may decide to enroll in supplemental insurance to cover those things, but those, of course, also require a premium. And so that's how you can sometimes end up spending two to $300 a month for your full package of Medicare coverage and retirement. And a lot of people just are unaware.
0: Wow. So this HSA thing, I think, is pretty mandatory for anyone that has it available to them. And obviously, a lot of people are not on high deductible plans and don't have access to an HSA. But if you do, listen to Danielle. Danielle. This is serious stuff. I learned so much from you. Where can we follow up with you and follow you on social media and learn more about you and your company?
1: Thank you. Yes, we are easy to find online. We are at boomerbenefits.com and there's plenty of good information there about what Medicare costs. So if you want to get a plan together, work on opening up your HSA and saving for that future day, you can look at those cost estimates at boomerbenefits.com.
0: Thank you so much, Danielle.
1: My pleasure, Bobby. Thank you.
0: Such great advice from Danielle. I'd love to know how many of you are actually using HSAs and what do you think is the best benefit from them? How do you anticipate them working throughout your life? Will they fund your retirement? DM me with your thoughts on Instagram at bobbyrebel one and on Twitter at BobbyRebel. And if you can, I would love your help building up reviews for the show. Wherever you listen to the Financial Grown-Up Podcast, please take a few minutes. I really appreciate it. My thanks to everyone who has already left a review. And of course, to Danielle conkel Roberts of Boomer Benefits for helping us all be financial grown ups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebell is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.